Good morning. My name is Jeremy. I'm very happy to be here with you this morning to bring you the Word of God. And I'm just going to get right into it because I really feel like God has a lot He wants to speak into our house and also into your life individually. And so if you've been here with us for the last three to four weeks, we've been talking about how we can end 2020 strong. And so P.S. talked about uh, having thankfulness and PB talked about love and, and, and how we're unwilling to go down the pathway and we leave our treasure locked up. We're not willing to go all the way to, to Bethlehem to see the baby and very powerful messages. But I want to make a transition into not just finishing strong, but preparing for 2021. There's something that we have to do before 2021 arrives. You have to prepare yourself. There's a way to close and have closure to 2020. And so let's, uh, let's not joke about it. Let's not try to sugarcoat it. We know that 2020 was anything but, um, I don't know what adjective you'd like to use, but it's probably not the best year of your life. It probably wasn't the most exciting year of your life. It probably wasn't the most uh, prosperous year, the most beneficial year. It probably wasn't what you would even say good in many ways. And so I, I, I want to bring purpose and closure to everything because I believe God doesn't waste a moment. God never wastes a moment and he never wastes any day, any hour, any minute, more or less even a year. He doesn't waste anything. And so if I could give you an analogy and maybe you've heard this metaphor before, but I truly believe that 2020 was a desert. That God was leading us through a desert. And you might have heard this metaphor before. If you've gone to church, you hear things all the time about the wilderness and, and, and being in, alone in the desert and all those sorts of things. But I want to tell you something, that there's actually a specific thing about the desert that I believe God wants to highlight. And so I want to take us back to where Israel was. Israel came out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses led them through the Red Sea, through that amazing miracle of God where he parted the water. And then right after that, there was a desert. And they had to go through the desert and then after the desert, where they wandered for 40 years, there was the promised land. Now, many of us think and see the desert as a test, as an obstacle. It's just this thing that's in the way of me getting to the promised land, to the good stuff, right? You guys catch me? You guys are following me? We always think that the desert is nothing but this obstacle or this struggle that has to be carried or this thing that just has to be overcome or a test that has to be passed so that we can get to the good stuff. But can I tell you guys something today? I don't think that that's what 2020 is. I don't think 2020 was a test. I don't think it was an obstacle that had to be overcome. I don't think it was, you know, this struggle that you had to fight through and that there was nothing in it for you to get out of it. No, I actually don't believe that. And in fact, the scriptures don't say that either about the desert. Because in fact, there was something very, very important in the desert. There was something very important that God was doing. And it had nothing to do with the promised land. There was a purpose inside the desert itself. They had to receive and get something. And in the scriptures, it talks about how God led them to a very specific place. He led them to the Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And it was actually there in that very place where he met them face to face for the first time. And if you remember, it was actually this very mountain where Moses had met God before. This is where Moses saw God in the burning bush. So can I tell you guys something today? I don't think 2020 is a throwaway. I don't think it was something that you had to get through and to get to the good stuff in 2021. What was in the desert is in 2020 that God wants you to get. 
And that's his very presence. And let me tell you guys something today. You cannot have the promised land without the presence of God. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. And someone needs to hear this. You cannot have the promised land without the presence of God. You cannot go into 2021 hoping and looking for the blessing and the promises of God. And he has them for you, believe me. But you cannot get to that if you don't have the presence of God. And I want to tell you today that God is using COVID-19. God is using shelter in place to lead us into this desert, but not as a test, guys. But he's actually leading you directly to himself. He's leading you directly to his presence. And I'm telling you today, you cannot leave 2020 without meeting God and going and finding his presence. It's very important, guys. You cannot have the presence you cannot have the promise without the presence of God. And in fact, you can't have the promise of God until you get the presence. The presence comes before the promise. And the last thing I'll say is even this. The promise means nothing without the presence of God. Ask Israel. Ask them. They had the promised land both with God and without him. Ask them how it turned out. Ask them what it looked like. When King David was there and the presence of God was there, it was beautiful. It was magnificent. The kingdom was vast. It was powerful. It was full of peace. It's full of prosperity. It's full of love. And then what happened after that? The kingdom was divided. When the presence of God left, when they worshiped other gods and they, and they turned away from God, what happened? The kingdom was divided. They fought each other. There was corruption. There was hate, there was bloodshed, there was death. And eventually, they were weakened and other countries came and took them over and they were enslaved. Do you guys see that? Do you guys feel the weight of that? The same land, the same promise, but there was one with God and one without God. I want you guys to know something. You could go into 2021 without the presence of God. You can. But let me tell you something. If you really want to receive all that God has for you, all the goodness, all the blessing, all the promises he wants for you, you have to get something first. You have to get the presence first. And, and this, this, this makes sense, doesn't it? If God didn't think that his presence was more important, why would he lead them into the desert first to get it? Why didn't he just take them all the way straight to Jerusalem, straight to the promised land, met them right at the hill, where he knew that the city would be built, where he knew Solomon was going to build the temple, and then once they were there, boom, then the presence of God fall in Jerusalem. Why didn't he just give them both at the same time? Why didn't he just give them the presence of God right then and there in the promised land? Because, don't you guys see? That's how important God believes that his presence is with you before you ever receive a promise because he wants you to know that his presence is more valuable than the promise. And that without his presence, the promise means nothing, guys. You have to believe that. That's why God led them in the desert. And I believe, guys, that's why God is leading us through 2020 and this very difficult season. It's for a very specific purpose. And so I want you to know, you have to prepare, though, for the, promise, for the presence of God. You must prepare. And now you must be asking me, well, Jeremy, what's there to prepare for? <laughs> There's not much going on. What, what am I getting ready for? What am, what am I getting ready for? 
what am I getting ready to, to, to do with God? Church isn't open. We can't meet for services together. We can't do anything together. I can't see people. I, I, we can't worship together. There's no music. There's nothing going on. What am I preparing for? I want to tell you guys something. I want to take us to that passage. This is where we're going to be today. I want to take you to the passage where the, where the, where the Israelites came to the mountain of God and they stood at the, feet, at the foot of the mountain. Because in this passage, guys, I believe the Lord is speaking to us three very important steps, three very important things you must do before you enter into the presence of God. If you want the presence of God, you have to have these three things first, all right? So I'm going to take us to Exodus 19. If you guys are ready for that, turn to your Bibles. We're going to be in Exodus 19. And it's going to be verse 7 to verse 20. All right, and I'll read it here for you. And it says, So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. For whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people. And they, were, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the third day, or on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. And Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in the thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Do you guys feel how powerful that image is? How powerful that encounter is? And inside this passage, there's actually three things we must get to. I'm going to go right into it. The first one is expectations. I want to ask you very clearly right now, do you even have the right expectations to meet God? And what do I mean by that? I want to ask you, do you think that you can meet with God? When you hear a passage like this, do you think you can meet with God? Do you think that you could have this very same intimate, very real manifestation and encounter with God that the people and Moses had with God? Do you believe that? Or when you hear something like this, you just think, oh, this is just the Bible. Oh, this is just something else. Oh, this is just for them. 
You know, I believe, guys, actually, that there's a very, very uh, untrue theology that we carry about the presence of God. We believe that the presence of God could only come in a very specific way, at a very specific time, and in a very specific place. Don't believe me? Okay, okay. I believe there's actually three fallacies that we believe about the presence of God. So I'm going to test you, all right? The first one is, is that you believe that the presence of God can only come when the mood is right. You guys, you guys get what I'm saying? When the mood is right. So let me set the mood that you probably think of when the presence of God falls, right? There's, there's live music playing. There's the worship band. There's Chinway right here. There's Chaz right here. There's Anthony Davis right here. The music's loud. People are screaming and shouting. They're singing with all their hearts. They're jumping and dancing. It's your favorite song. I don't know what your favorite song is. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, I like, uh, I don't know what song. Elevations, worship's playing. They're playing here as in heaven. It's your favorite song. You're getting the feels. You're getting the chills. The lights are down low. And then you hear a powerful word of God, right? PB comes up here and he just gives you this revelation like, wow, like this word you never heard before. And then you leave that service thinking, oh, wow, yeah, the presence of God was there. The presence of God was there, right? Because the mood was right, right? Do you guys realize that that's actually untrue? Do you guys look, look at the passage we just read? Was any of that present when God came down on the mountain? In fact, if you were in that situation, how would you describe that mood? Do you guys realize it's that the very mountain itself trembled under the presence of God. And the people themselves trembled at the sight of God. <laughs> there was no butterflies. <laughs> There's no rainbows. <laughs> there, there, there was no little sheep running around, harps playing, angels flying around. There was no music playing, guys. <laughs> what was the mood? It wasn't the feels. <laughs> what was the vibe? Do you guys realize that God is not confined to that Sunday morning worship experience that you think he's confined to? His presence came in a very different way to the Israelites. And can I say to you right now, God desires to come to you right now in 2020, right now in the midst of COVID. He's not waiting for it to pass. But are you missing it? Because the mood is not what you think it should be. That you're not feeling the same way that you think you should feel when the presence of God comes. Let me get to the second one. We think that the presence of God comes when we're gathered as a group more often than it comes when we're alone. Don't you think we think that? I think there's this hope that we're all waiting for the day that church can reopen. We're all waiting for that day. Oh, I'm waiting for that service. I'm waiting for that time that we can come into the new building. We can come and meet together again and worship in, in, in person and worship together. It's going to be so powerful. It's going to be so great. And I'm not saying that that's not true. But hidden within that wish, guys, is the thinking that you can't meet with God until that day comes. That you cannot have an encounter with God in the same way on a Sunday morning when you are by yourself watching this on stream, in your bedroom, in your kitchen, in your living room, in your family room, when it's just you and your family, or even by yourself. 
we think that the presence of God comes greater when it's in a formal worship service with more people. Can I ask you a quick question, quick question for all the people who know the Bible well. Can you tell me how many times did God meet a group of people in public? How many times? I bet you I can count it on one hand. How many times did God meet an individual in the quiet place? I can't even count how many times. Where did he meet Abraham? Was it in the church? Was it in a, in a tabernacle? Where did he meet David? Where did he meet Jacob? Where did Jesus meet the disciples? Guys, don't you realize? God appears more often in the quiet place than in the public place. We have our theology 100% flipped backwards. We think that when we come together in a, in a public gathering, there's a higher chance that God will come. It's actually not true. It's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite, guys. When we come in, by ourselves in the quiet place, you should have a greater expectation that God's going to meet you because his scriptures bear witness that he reveals himself more often to the individual in the quiet place than into a crowd in a public place. Come on, someone needs to hear that. Come on, come on. And I'll give you a last one. Last, this is the last one. There's some of you that are like, oh yeah, Jeremy, I know that, I know that. But can I challenge you for one last thing, one last fallacy. You think it's more powerful when it's in a group than individually. You think it's bigger and grander and more magnificent when it's in a group than individual. So you believe you can meet with God in a quiet place, but you just don't think it's the same at the same level. You think it's less than Sunday service, less than corporate worship, less than meeting together. Can I challenge you in this as well? When Jesus made his most powerful miracles, his most powerful revelations, was it in a public place or, or a quiet place? When Jesus was transfigured on the mountaintop, how many people came with him? Three. When Jesus was born in a quiet town of Bethlehem with a bunch of animals around, how many people saw? Not that many. When Jesus rose from the dead, that morning on Easter Sunday. How many people were around? Who did he first appear to? One person, Mary Magdalene. Do you guys not realize? When God, even in his most powerful, most intimate, most like crazy revelations, they come in the quiet place. They come to the individual. Now, I'm not trying to say that worship is not important on Sunday morning. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm trying to get your guys' expectations to be realigned properly. Meeting in the quiet place is not less than Sunday worship. If anything, they are both important. They're just different. But it's not less than. But we have this mentality that, that I'm just waiting for service to reopen. I'm just waiting for that moment I can meet with everyone. I'm just waiting for I can, when I can hear live music and live worship and feel the atmosphere and feel this and feel that. That's wrong, guys. You don't have to wait for that. God is saying, I can give you that and more right now in the very space that you are in right now. I can give that to you right now. 
in the quiet place, just between me and you right now. Come on. So you have to have the right expectation if you're even going to try and enter into the presence of God. Do you really believe that you right now on your very own can have an experience of God, can encounter him in a real authentic way and feel his presence like you did when we met all the way back in March and dare I say even greater than when we met before in person? Do you believe that? Because the scriptures bear witness that it's possible but you have to have the right expectation. All right, guys? Now, after expectation, it's actually a very important step afterwards. It was preparation. Do you guys remember what Moses said, what God said? He didn't just say, okay, show up. I'm coming on Sunday. Just come, just show up. No, 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 no. He gave them three very important instructions. He said, consecrate yourselves. Do not go near a woman. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. (laughs) And be ready on the third day. How many of you guys get ready for worship? Now I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I, 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 I'm actually really guilty of this, okay? <laughs> I'm actually really guilty of this. I just, because of COVID, right, and you can't see me, right? I'm not on video, right? Like, I just roll out of bed. I don't even change. I, I, I just barely brush my teeth. I don't even like comb my hair. I, I, I get it. I'm guilty of it too. I just roll out of bed right before 11 o'clock. I do it too, guys, all right? That's why I'm preaching to myself. This word convicted my heart. But the Lord is saying, do you do that when you meet with anybody else? (laughs) Do you do that before you meet with anybody else? Don't you prepare before you meet anybody else? Don't you change? You shower? (laughs) You you do your hair? you, you, You put on makeup, you know, for you ladies, right? You put on your nice clothes. Don't you prepare before you see anybody else? And God is saying, why would you expect to meet with me and enter into my presence if you're not ready, if you're not prepared. (laughs) And so many times we feel distant from God and you're like, okay, I'll try praying this one day. I'll I'll just try. And you do it for one time and you felt nothing and you're like, okay, I'm done. No, no, do you guys see? You had to prepare to meet with God. So I'm gonna get into the three things that God said. This is so powerful, guys. He said, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. This is the Hebrew word kadosh or kadesh. It means to be holy. Make yourselves holy. So how do we do that? Being holy means to be set apart. Do you guys see what God is saying? God's saying, set yourself apart. Separate yourself from the other stuff that's not of me. Separate yourself from the things that are not of me. Put some things down. Put some things away that are distracting. Put some things down that you know are not of me. Put down the things that you know upset me, that displease me. Purify yourself, he's saying. So guys, what is he saying? If you want to meet with God for two days, this is my challenge, for two days, repent. Ask God for forgiveness for your sins and name them specifically and then put those things away. Say, God, I'm putting this down. I'm putting this away. I'm walking away from this. All right? What's the next step? Do not go near a woman. Now, we know Moses is talking about sex, right? But this is between a married man and a married woman. But what is Moses really saying here? He's saying not only do you wash and remove yourself from evil and bad things, but he's saying abstain and just withhold from good things. They're not bad, but he's saying if you want to get ready for God, you got to focus. He's saying those are good things, those are good things, but there's a time to enjoy them and there's a time to put them down. There's a time to be in that space, 
but it's distracting sometimes, right? These good things are good, but sometimes they take your eyes off of God. He's saying, if you want to be really focused and ready for the presence of God, even withhold from the good things. And for me, I, I joke about this all the time, but I really love food. I really, really love food. Like, like, like when I go on vacation, like some people go on vacation to like see things. Like I go on vacation to eat. Like I want to eat like the best, most fattening, like most ridiculous food ever. Like I want the best of the best. But that's not always good, right? And God would be telling me, you need to put that down. Or other things. Maybe for you it's TV. Maybe it's for you it's, 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 it's sports. Maybe for you it's certain shows. I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, those things are good. God's not saying those things are bad. But God is saying, if you want to meet with me, just put them down for two days. Just focus on me. Just put them down for two days. You can get them later. Don't worry. But if you really want to meet with me, don't be distracted. Don't lose your focus. Put down even the good things just for now if you really want to meet with me for two days. And the last thing is get ready. What did Moses say? What did God say? Be ready on the third day. How do you get ready? So we're talking about all the things we're putting down. So what do you take up? The third thing is what do you take up instead, those two days, so that you're ready the third day. And I know you're, you're going to like roll your eyes when I tell you this because you hear me say this all the time, but you just got to hear me out, okay? You got to pray and you have to read the word. Now you're saying to me, but isn't that the same thing as trying to go into the presence of God? It's similar, but it's not. And let me explain. When you're getting ready and you're preparing yourself to see God, when you read and pray with that mentality, you're not reading and praying to get something out of it. You're not reading and praying trying to hear God. If you're preparing, you're saying it to yourself. Do you guys catch that difference? When you're trying to get the presence of God, you're trying to have a conversation, and that's fine. That's not what I'm asking you to do. For the two days that I'm asking you to do this, I'm actually asking you to do it for yourself. That as you read and pray, it's for yourself. That you're going to turn your heart. You're going to allow the words to move your heart. You're going to allow them to be hidden inside your heart and say, God, I'm getting ready. This is my way of focusing my eyes, my mind, my heart, my attention, my energy, my values on you. And I'm not coming to hear anything. I'm not coming to receive anything. I'm coming to get it so that I can be ready. I'm coming to let it wash over me and put it into my mind and meditate so that I can hear you better. And, and this is something I have to tell you guys. I believe that so many times, guys, when we come to God, have you ever felt this way? And you had quiet time? And let's say you heard nothing. You got nothing out of it. And you walked away saying, man, that was such a waste. No, 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 no. Do you realize that that was day one of preparation? Do you guys realize that? When you came and you prayed and you journaled and let's say you read the word and you tried to hear God and you were trying to go after the presence and you heard nothing and you felt discouraged and you walked away, it wasn't for naught, guys. That wasn't a waste. That was day one of preparation. Can I challenge you right now? Do it again. Do it again. And don't think it's for nothing. Say, you know what, God? This is my preparation. It's okay that I didn't hear you. It's okay that I didn't hear your voice or I didn't get anything out of it. But you know what, God? This is my preparation. 
because I'm preparing myself. I'm preparing my heart to see you. I'm preparing my heart for the, so that when your presence comes down on the mountain, I'm ready. Do you guys feel the weight of that? Anytime you feel like it was quiet and silent, it was not a waste, guys. It still has meaning. That is your preparation. And believe that the, that the presence of God will come on the third day. Believe that. So now I'm going to come to the final third step. Talked about expectation, talked about preparation. Now we're going to move into the conversation. How do you actually interact with God to enter into the presence? And this is so powerful, guys. This is so powerful. You will notice at the very end of that passage, when the fire was there, when the, when, when the smoke was there, and the trumpet blast was so loud, do you realize when Moses spoke? It says in verse 19 that as, as the trumpet blast grew louder and louder, then Moses spoke. Now, isn't that kind of weird? <laughs> why, why, would you, why would Moses speak when it's getting louder and louder? Wouldn't he wait till it was quiet? Why would Moses try to talk to God at the moment that the trumpet blasts? His glory is sort of like, it's sort of like you know, when there's a king entering the court and like, you, know, you have all those trumpeteers and they go like, duh, 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 like they're doing that thing and, and the king is entering. Why would Moses wait until it's the most loud moment and then try to speak to God? But you see what Moses is actually doing? I believe what Moses is actually doing is that he's fully allowing the presence to come before he speaks. He lets the procession and the parade get so loud, meaning that it's the climax of the parade, meaning that the throne is actually here. Do you guys catch that? Do you guys feel that? It gets louder and louder and louder because the king is getting closer and closer and closer. And Moses waits until the very loudest moment because then he knows God is the closest to me right now at this moment. He is fully here right now in this moment. And so what does that mean for me and you? I believe what God is calling us to do is to wait and to listen before you speak. Let the presence of God wash over you. Let him come. And even if you feel it a little bit, don't speak yet. Wait a little bit longer. And when you feel him speaking a little bit, don't speak yet. Listen a little bit longer. Listen longer and longer and longer and longer until it gets to the climax and you can't take it anymore and then speak. Let God speak first. Let his presence fully come down first. Okay? And the second thing about the conversation, do you notice how God responded? It says God responded to him in thunder. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. That's crazy. I don't even know if I can handle that. If God literally came down and met me and he spoke to me in thunder, I'd probably wet myself. I'm just being really honest. I don't think I can handle that sort of response. But let me tell you guys something. What does that mean? God is saying, when I speak to you, it could come in a way that you don't expect. When I speak to you, it's not always going to be the same way that you expect. It's not always going to be the same, maybe still quiet voice or the same picture or the same images or the same feeling or the same bodily sensation. God is saying, I can come to you in a new and different way every single time that I meet you. Don't you guys realize that this was not the first time that Moses talked to God? Moses, Moses was already on top of the mountain talking to God face to face. 
But I can tell you one thing. This was the first time God spoke to him in thunder. But Moses didn't miss it. Moses didn't go like, what? What was that? Who was that? Was that God talking? Was that, was that part of the storm? Was that just part of his presence or part of his glory? Did you guys realize there was thunders and lightnings already happening? But do you see? Because Moses prepared and he was ready. He was able to discern between the different thunders. He was able to discern between the thunder of his presence and the thunder of his voice speaking. And can I tell you guys today this? I think God is speaking to all of you. But so many times we miss it. Because we misinterpret the thunder for something else. We misinterpret it for something else. We think we heard God, and then we're like, nah, it was that. We think it was God, but we're like, nah, it was that. Can I tell you guys, I'm so confident of this. That God has been speaking to you this entire year. And his presence has been with you this entire year. But so many times we miss it. Because we misinterpret the way that he came. And we misinterpret the way that he's speaking. Don't miss the conversation. Don't miss when God is reaching out to you. And so, you know, I just want to wrap this up with you guys, and I just want to let you know, I want to, I want to encourage you guys. I really want to remind you guys that 2020, it's not a throwaway, guys. It's not. He actually used it, just like a desert, to focus us, actually. What's in a desert, guys? Nothing. <laughs> there's nothing to look at. There's nothing to do. There's nothing, there's nowhere, play, there's like nothing in sight. There's nothing to look forward to. Isn't that how you feel right now in 2020? Isn't that how you feel right now in shelter in place? There's nothing to do. There's no one to talk to. There's, not, there's nothing to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that. But do you realize that God did that so that he could bring them straight to the foot of the mountain of God? straight to himself. And I'm telling you guys right now, don't look at shelter in place as this obstacle or this curse that's put upon you. No, guys, God has allowed you to be alone in this moment because he's bringing you right to the foot of the mountain of God. And I'm asking you right now this morning, you have a choice. You have a choice to make. Are you going to go up the mountain or are you going to turn away and try to go to the promised land without him? Are you going to stop right before 2020 ends are you going to go into the presence of God or are you going to turn away right now and say, you know what, I'm going to try to go get the promises of 2021 without you, God. I'm telling you guys right now, this is the choice. We have to prepare and get ready. So remember, guys, we have to have the right expectations. You can meet with God right now in a, more, in a very powerful way. And God has shown that he meets with his people in private much more often than in public. You have to prepare yourself, put down the bad, abstain from the good, and focus on him. Pray and meditate on him and be ready on the third day. And lastly, let him speak first. Let the presence fully come and don't miss his voice. Don't misinterpret the way that he speaks because he can come to you in a new and different way anytime he wants. Come on, let's pray right now. I just want you to close your eyes right now because I believe that this morning that the presence of God is with you and the presence of God is here and that he desires to come down and he desires to meet with you. I want you right now to prepare yourself to meet with God. And as you interact with God right now, if you feel led to repent from something, go ahead right now and just say, God, I'm sorry for that. 
I repent. I turn from that. I put that down right now. If it's your expectations, say, God, I'm sorry I had the wrong expectations. I'm sorry, God, that I thought you could only show up on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m. inside the Emeryville campus building or inside the San Francisco campus building <laughs> during a worship service when the music is playing loud and, da -da 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 -da, and you're putting all these boundaries on God. Or maybe it's because you think that God comes more powerfully in public than in private and say, God, I'm sorry for that, that wrong expectation. Or maybe you've just been enjoying life too much. <laughs> you've been having too much fun. But God is saying, I'm calling you to something more than fun. I'm calling you to something deeper and more precious than just pleasure and fun. I'm calling you to my very self. Can you put down the good stuff right now so that I can give you the eternal things instead? Come on. Come on. Or maybe you've just missed his voice altogether. And you say, God, I'm sorry. I put you in a box. I thought you could only speak in one way. I thought you could only come in one way but I've been missing you this entire year, that you've been with me this whole time, but I just kept missing it, that you were speaking to me in thunder, but I was looking for something else, and I just kept missing it. I was so afraid of the smoke of 2020. I was so afraid of the fire that, that, this, that this year just didn't look good, and I thought it was all bad, all bad things, all evil things. I just kept thinking it was a bad year. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad, and things are getting worse, 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 but I didn't realize, God, you were speaking to me in the thunder. You were speaking to me in the earthquake. But I just, I just missed it. Yeah. Yeah. And in this moment, guys, as your eyes are closed and you're interacting with God, I want to remind you of one last thing. When we talk about the presence, guys, it's not just about being with somebody or seeing somebody. It's about love. It's about relationship. In, in Exodus 19, 5 and 6, right before he gives them the instructions of how they're going to meet with him, this is what God says to his people. It's so beautiful. I want to read it to you guys. This is God speaking. He says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Do you guys see that? God's not just asking to meet with you like it's like some dinner party or it's some business meeting. He's asked, he wants you to be his treasured possession. Do you guys see what he's saying? He's saying, I want you to come into my presence because you're my beloved. I'm asking you to come to me. You're my beloved. I treasure you. This is the purpose, guys. This is the whole reason why we seek the presence of God. It's because he's inviting you into that space. He says, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. I want you to belong to me, and I belong to you. I want you to call me yours, because I want to call you mine. Do you guys feel that? That's the whole purpose of this. That's the whole point of this. So as your eyes are closed, I'm going to end this in prayer. Lord, we come to you this morning. We know 2020 hasn't been what we expected, not even what we wanted, God. But Lord, I believe you're not wasting this year. You're not saying it's a throwaway. <laughs> it's a mulligan. Let's just, let's just forget it happened. No, God. You had a very powerful purpose for this. And it was to bring us into that quiet place 
to bring each of us through the desert with no distractions, nothing else available, and bring us straight to yourself in the quiet place to the mountain of God, to the foot of the mountain, and say, come and meet with me. Come right now and climb this mountain. I desire to meet with you. I desire to call you my own. And you stripped everything away, God, even church. Even church. We even had the wrong expectation of church. You even stripped away church itself and said, no, my presence can come anywhere, not just on a Sunday morning service. In fact, my presence comes more often and more powerfully in the quiet place to those who seek after me. But do you believe that? And so, Lord, we come as a house right now and we say, yes, we want to meet with you, God. We say, yes, we want to encounter your presence, God, in a deeper way, in a more full way, in a more amazing and more powerful way than we've ever experienced, even as a corporate body. We desire to see you, God, in the quiet place so deep and so powerfully that we, won't even, we, 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 we don't even know what to expect, God. And Lord, but before that we say right now, and this is just between you and God, and if, and if this is the prayer of your heart, I want you to put your hand over your heart and say, God, I'm going to prepare. I'm not just going to stumble into it. I want to meet with you. And so I declare right now with my hand over my heart as my word and my oath to you that on the 30th and the 31st of January, in preparation for the new year, I will prepare myself to meet you. I will prepare myself. I will put down and I turn away from my sin. I will repent and put down the things that I know displease you. I will abstain from good things, the pleasurable things, to focus on you, and I will pray and meditate on your word for the 30th and the 31st of January, of December, excuse me, and be ready on the third day, on January 1st, to encounter you and to walk into your presence. This is my de declaration to you, God. This is my word and my oath to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I want you to know if you made that declaration, I stand here with you in that declaration. I will do it as well. And I will send out reminders to you in, in, in our Facebook group. And if you're not part of our Facebook group, please join. And I will, and we will walk this together, guys. And we will prepare ourselves to see and encounter God in a greater and more powerful way in 2021 than we could ever have imagined, guys. Don't end 2020 thinking that it's a waste. All right, guys, not only do I want us to finish strong, but I want us to prepare and get ready for the amazing things God is going to do in 2021. Remember, you cannot have the promise without the presence. Seek the presence, then receive the promise. All right, guys, God bless you guys. Hope you guys have a great Sunday, and we'll see you guys here next week. All right, have a good day.